All right. Much needed update. I've been in California for about one month now. I've gotten a new microphone. You're welcome. Um, and I'm just going to list all the stuff that I've done, like, physically, and then I'll give you a little bit of what's on my mind. So, I do have my sweater on now, thanks to a very kind suggestion from a very observant friend of mine. And I am looking at a forest. It is amazing. It's very misty today, so it's just sort of rolling through the forest, and I've been watching it for hours now. Uh, so far, on my California adventure, I have done a lot of driving along the highway, and the highway is Highway 1, by the way. And so it's the first one, clearly. And you get to see the Pacific Ocean, at least this side of the Pacific Ocean. And drove through the Avenue of the Giants. That was incredible. Um, so that's just rows and rows and rows of redwood trees that have been there for many, many years. Um, and there's a bunch of highway through them, so you can drive through them. And of course, got out and moved around a bit. And wow, being at the bottom of that forest, you cannot see the light hardly because, and it's like midday and it's super dark. Um, cause the forest is that tall and that dense and definitely got a sense of like not belonging there sort of almost invading, like, like um, there's all this whole life, um, cycle going on there with the plants and the animals and everything. Um, but also a sense of, you know, definitely returning to nature where it's like people have lived in those kind of woods, you know, like historically we lived in the forests. And, um, I think there was probably a lot of rewards for a lot of people doing that because, you know, you're, you're connected, you put your bare feet on the dirt and that's a very different way than we live now with our cities that we've constructed. And... I uh, once read an article that was basically explaining how uh, there are some mental side effects, was their argument, um, that happen to people when they live in our society because so much of our society is dedicated to roads, like our, our space, right? The money that we spend... Um, as a government on public space, most of the public space ends up being roads. Um, and so you can walk on them and you can drive on them, but it's somewhat unnatural. And the part of the argument of the article was saying how a lot of our brains have latched onto a different social medium since public space is no longer a physical public space. Public space is now the computer, the internet. And the internet's not very real. So I could see an argument for saying how it's very easy for a lot of us to get our brains lost in this unreal world that is the internet when what we are craving is a more natural public space of just wandering around and, you know, talking to each other, eating, doing all the things humans do, but we used to do it in a much more public way. Anyway, so Avenue of the Giants, amazing. Um, gone on some morning jogs to a, uh, lighthouse. Yeah, the lighthouse jog specifically stands out because the ocean is right there. Like, you can just fall right into the ocean. 
because um, it's been wearing away at the at these cliffs. And there's even holes that have developed like underneath the uh, you know the, the the dirt. So you can see where the ocean's cutting in, and then there's land, and then there's little holes that are working their way up through. Um, so you know you could just be jogging along and then fall through a hole into the Pacific Ocean. It's crazy. Loved it. Felt very natural. Like running in that setting felt a lot more like running, you know, from a predator or off to war with a spear and a shield or something else that has happened for thousands and thousands of years instead of something that's happened for about a hundred, which is, you know, jogging in a cityscape, trying to avoid traffic. It just, it just seems weird to jog in a cityscape. Anyway, the concrete jungle. It's oddly dangerous. Very unnatural. So right now I'm avoiding the concrete jungle. Um, I'm still down in California, apparently. I love it. Uh, as far as the sunshine, the nature, very small town. Um, and then a whole series of very small towns. And they all got their own flavor, but it's, a, you know, like a seaside flavor, but my goodness, there's just not a lot of people. And what I have found for my own brain is being removed from so many people and not being in the environment that I was in up in Idaho, um, not physically, but just like the whole state. It's like I lived in Idaho. Um, I was born there and I've traveled a lot, but Idaho is like my stomping grounds. I'm very familiar with it. And there's a lot of great things that come with that familiarity. And there's some amazing people up there that I miss a lot. However, um, what I'm finding is with this isolation where I get to um, be more on my own and fill my time with doing projects in trade, um, you know, helping repair an Airbnb, bring it back to life, um, and doing some outside like gardening type projects, it's just an amazing space for me to really kind of cool down, I guess. It's like my brain is reacting to me being physically removed and my mind's eye is opening up to just how big the world is, right? So there's um, an idea that I have that the way I picture my brain, and I figured this out about three years ago, two and a half years ago, I think my brain is basically like a stage and so whatever I put into my consciousness becomes real to some degree to me. And that's how I think books work, right? We read the book, we know what the meaning is of the words, and then we get pictures in our brains, right? Um, but I think it's, for me, it's like everything. That's, um, you know, if I watch a movie or if I consider a thought or um, have a conversation, it all kind of lingers and it stays in that stage. And I have a lot of control over it, but not all the controls. Like, the brain keeps going on its own one thought jammed up against another. It's very odd um, to me. But I am finding a lot of uh, clarity. You know, it's like uh, things are uh, quieter up in my brain. And so it's helpful for me to start to hone in on, you know, the, the things I really value in life and the direction I want to go because I have a very built-in tendency since I was very young to adopt the ideas of those around me um, regardless of what the ideas were. It's basically just being pleasing in order to be pleasing, right? And I know a lot of humans, it's like our human nature is to obey and it is to comply and be pleasant. Not sure where that comes from. Because there's a lot of different ways to do life. 
And ideally, we would all hone in on that thing that really we are fit for, right? And as a very close and insightful friend of mine up in Idaho had said, um, there's just a lot of ways to do life. So I'm getting there, you know, I'm starting to get some concepts and ideas that I think are fitting to me. Um, and a lot of that's the clarity that's been brought, uh, from me being out on my own. The other aspect is I got to figure shit out on my own. Like the drive was like that. Um, very rewarding to just get out there and be like, Whoa, I'm physically in control of this car and I could make it go anywhere. And the full impact of that really settled in. And uh, it was very freeing. I had a lot of fun in the car, as you heard from my last podcast. So the um, space that I'm in now, mentally and physically, is prime for cranking out books. So I've been slaving away at that. Um, I have a writing accountability partner, and he pointed out, after I expressed my frustration with like, it's like, I really want to get this book out there because, um, you know, my brain is full of art. I need to put it somewhere. It's like this urge I'm getting. Um, I've always had it. It's just me being removed and learning more about me. It's a much louder concept now that I'm like, I love coming up with these concepts and ideas of possibilities of life and the way things work and then put them into stories because we've told each other stories for thousands and thousands of years. It's another old concept that I love. Um, so I'm working on it, but as my writing accountability partner pointed out after I was expressing my frustration with like, ah, why haven't I gotten this book done? I just need to, I just, and then he just, he, he sent one word in reply. He just said, right. (laughs) I was like, oh yeah, that's right. So I just need to, I need to type. It's just down to physics really. So been working on that a lot. Love it been working more on enjoying the process. I have to get over my own sense of anxiety of like, get this done. Um, and I need to be comfortable with the fact that enjoying the task is the point because I've got a million other books, not a million, but I think 17 or 18 that are in stages of, um, I got a lot of books I want to release. So, um, the fact that that list will probably never end is just the same thing that I learned about work uh, late last year, about how what you do that is work will always, like, have another thing on the list. There's always going to be another thing to do. So it's very important that you enjoy the process of what you're doing because there's no, like, like, you've finished. It's just like when you get a house. The house is complete. The house is never complete. Um, And... You know, it's like, oh, you finished the book. Well, you can write another one. That's never complete either. The expression, the things that we can express to each other, that never ends. So there's never going to be, all right, we've said it all. We've done it all. Even though we kind of have said it all and done it all, it's just not in one person's experience. So there's an idea of how we're kind of a collective. Anyway, life also doesn't have that. I, there's no blue ribbon at the end of life. Congratulations, you've, you've finished, you've done everything you completed. Um, and that's just the way of it. And I think getting comfortable with that is a great way to deal with any kind of pressure or anxiety that folks experience. I think a lot of it's a false sense of hurry up and finish. It's not going to happen. By the time you're finished here on earth, your consciousness is no longer as you know it. 
here in the meat sack that is the human body. So there's uh, my thoughts so far. It's not all of them, as you might imagine, but I am just having a great time in an environment where I can create um, easily, comfortably. I get to work on projects. I get to figure things out, go down to the local hardware store and be like, Mark Jr., help me out here. I got to figure out how to connect these things. Um, excellent challenge. So I get to work on my craft, my craftsman things. And yeah, the mental journey is coming along well. I mean, uh, I'm surprised that I'm still here, except that it's um, here being, you know, not having ran home to Idaho, which is such a beautiful place, by the way. But I'm surprised that... Uh, the effect worked. Being physically removed has really opened my eyes to how the entire world is available. So it's kind of like my brain being a stage. The planet is also, like, obviously an area where we can all gravitate towards the things that might fit us better, right? Like, what what kind of stage do you want, right? We all get to create that. Um, what do you want on the stage? And various locations on the planet, various people, and the activities that we can do all can be a part of what we put on the stage of our life. There it is. Well, I probably could have condensed that and sent it off in about two minutes if I'd worked on it, but I'm glad you were here for the update and got a glimpse into my mental process of how I come up with ideas to put on the stage that is my mind. To me. <laughs>